Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. So on this week's episode, we have uh, to catch up on what's been going on with Megan since we last checked in a few weeks ago. A lot of unconfirmed sort of rumory reports, but we'll kind of sift through them. We will also hear about Josh's big night at the VMAs. Did he run into Ariana Grande? That is what I need to know. Um, And we will be recapping his evening there. We have an amazing new hotline. A few listeners were kind enough to call in, and you still can too. That number is 347-790-0966. So we're going to get to the calls at the end. as like a fun dessert, sort of. Um, But let's check in. So actually, we were both on vacation, as was Megan, it sounds like, last week. And she actually has not made any appearances, so we haven't really missed any actual official events or engagements since her birthday when she stepped out in that um, divisive dress, we'll say, for Harry's friend's wedding, laying low. God knows Samantha and Tom have not been. They've kept that news train going. Well, and actually, it's interesting when I was like, kind of i think when we were talking about like what to talk about this week i feel i feel like samantha and thomas it's almost i just can't i don't even have the energy anymore like i'll see headlines where it says thomas like compares the royals to scientologists it's like what is his end game just like enough right i know and that rumor that samantha's in negotiations to replace stormy daniels on uk big brother like i can't even i'm amazed that the palace press office hasn't kind of cycled through staff members throughout this whole thing like trump's white house like wouldn't you just quit after tom markle it also seems like the no plan is the plan kind of thing where they just aren't gonna ever respond or do anything but thomas doesn't seem to be deterred at all and I don't know how this is going to end, but I agree with you. You would think maybe that like heads would be rolling in the palace. Well, Megan did try to sort of physically escape, it sounds like. So there was a report that she flew to Canada. Though this is a very controversial report because the Royal Central, which is not a source that we have often used... I'm not even totally sure I have a full grasp on if it's like a blog, a website, a magazine, a podcast. I thought this was Royal Central, but... Yeah, me too. Maybe this is like a a dream I had that somehow (laughs) got filtered through some blog. Anyway, Megan is traveling to Canada alone, Royal Central says, for her first solo trip. This was over the weekend. They said she was flying to Toronto to visit her former home on an Air Canada flight. And according to this Royal Central report, which did get very widely picked up by all sorts of outlets, they said that Kensington Palace reportedly sent a letter to Air Canada making the reasonable request that, this is from New York Magazine, that no one take pictures with the Duchess or otherwise approach her on the flight. Now, this gave me something of pause. I can't really imagine the palace and getting involved with like Air Canada and then trying to what ban all the passengers and stewardesses and like 
I don't. I just don't really know. I feel like it feels like that would be a lot of kind of a hands-on approach that I'm not sure I can see happening. And if they did send a letter to Air Canada, why would Air Canada then forward it to Royal, Royal Central? Central? Right, unless Samantha's running that office. Maybe Royal Central is like Samantha's blog, or Air Canada's like she somehow like posed as an Air Canada official. But I also feel like, don't you think it's crazy that we wouldn't? I mean, an Air Canada flight isn't a private jet, so wouldn't there just be lots of passengers on the flight too? Like, I can see that they could send a letter maybe to Air Canada saying we have like Meghan Markle is going to be flying, but why? They can't really do anything about if you or me were on the flight. Well, exactly. Like that's the riffraff you have to worry about, not the actual stewardesses or flight attendants. And what if Meghan's like rushing through the gate to get on in time? Right. Also, she's going to have security detail. I will say the one time, I won't say who it was, we'll make this like a blind item. I was getting on a flight with a celebrity and not, not (laughs) me and her were not together, but like, but she was also getting on the flight. And when I got on to board, I saw like a man holding a little kind of sign and it had her, I guess, code name, like CIA Secret Service style. And I looked and I said, that's really weird. I won't say what the code name was, but it was like on the sort of, you know, sign the guy was holding as if like, so you, you know, like the car people who pick right. someone up at the, but he was standing outside the gate. And I saw everyone kind of looking over, like, that's weird. It was the name of a superhero. So then, so the Wait, Josh, was this a male or female? Female. So, so then we get on the flight and then lo and behold, this, I don't want to say the code name in case this is like breaking some security protocol, but then she gets on and sat right in first class right before it was about to take off. And I was kind of craning my neck to see who was going to be getting on the flight. But I feel like that must be some way that they can like maybe have Megan come on like last minute almost. Like I guess like on a on a public flight that just anyone can fly on. Like I guess there must be some ways that they do that. Because like most of these celebrities have to fly. They're not all flying private. Right. Wait, who is the star? I'm dying to know. It sounds like a major one like Sandra Bullock caliber. Also, when you said this one time I was getting on a flight with an actor, a movie star, I pictured you and Nicole Kidman <laughs> planing together. After our like night out at the Emmys. Um, it's a supermodel. Wow. Okay, well, this is incredible, incredible. So that's my, that's my little like insight into the possibility of Megan flying Air Canada. Right, and if that's the case, I don't think she needs, they, the palace wouldn't need to send out that, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's, here's my other thing that makes me confused. Why Toronto? Like, her mom lives in L.A. We know Jessica Mulroney, her close friend, slash sometimes frequent stylist, lives there. But I guess I sort of feel like if she was flying back to the States... Like, she's not from Toronto. She just lived there when she was filming Suits. Right. Maybe she wants to see Guy. Or is it Bogart? Which is the oh, dog that she left, left Guy, behind. right? I think so. So maybe... Good call, actually. And see Jessica... I guess she must have a good number of friends in Toronto. She We think she does. Right. I kind of love the idea of a solo trip as well. Has Kate Middleton ever done that? Not that we know of. 
I know a lot of the headlines were really emphasizing the solo aspect as if like no wife has ever flown solo from their husband, which I did think was kind of funny. Also, Harry has recently made a few solo trips to Africa since they got married. Right, a bit of a double standard here. Let the girl fly to Toronto. Let the girl fly to Toronto on a public, private, whatever she wants. But then, okay, so then what's confusing, though, is that some reporters are saying she's not actually there, that she never took the flight and that she's still in London. But there's really no way to know who to believe because there has been no photos of her and everything is just sort of random tweets and things. And the palace hasn't said anything. So no one really knows where she is. Which I love that you have in the script here that it's a true Carmen San Diego situation, which I love. So if anyone has seen Megan kind of in a fedora and a trench coat, let us know. Please call in. Is she going crazy? Like, is she cooped up somewhere? Like, I don't know. I just feel like this sounds kind of crazy that everyone's trying to wonder where you are and like... There's no sense of, I don't know. Right, she's essentially kind of a prisoner. And she has to just not respond to any of these attacks against her character. It's and like, right, all this Thomas Markle stuff is going on. She hasn't been seen. Though, and Julie, I feel like this is a like fan fiction that we could have written ourselves. ABC News says that she went to visit with Harry, George, and Amal last weekend so that would be before i guess this rumored canada trip though the timing all seems like who knows what fits and where when we were on vacation we were also involved in yeah this. exactly <laughs> i i guess that sounds like we uh, just like our vacations with at lake como with harry megan george and amal abc news says that harry and george played basketball while megan lounged by the pool with amal and helped look after the Clooney's 14-month-old twins, Ella and Alexander. Julie, you're making a very interesting expression. I'm curious what you make of this. <laughs> I was just picturing uh, Megan seems like the kind of house guest where the last evening she's like, you know what, guys, thank you so much for everything. I would love to make you guys dinner. Yes. That's, so, that's such a good call. That's what I was thinking. But then, I guess, I mean, ABC News, reputable source, We'll just take it. But I also feel somehow the playing basketball while Maul and Megan lay by the pool. Like, for I just, I don't know. That feels like someone made that up. Right. It seems a little too easy. I don't think even in our fan fiction, we would have, that would have seemed too obvious to us. So we yeah. wouldn't have chosen that, that pastime. But in a different report, I saw too that, like, they said George showed Harry his motorcycle collection or something. That checks out to like, me. <laughs> So here's my, am I overthinking this? But for some reason, one of my first thoughts, obviously George and Amal went to the royal wedding. I guess they're friends. But isn't it kind of funny, like the age difference between Harry and George? Yes, yes. It's 25 years. So they're not like close in age, really. Right, I guess when you are a very handsome, very rich, very VIP person without privacy concerns that like there are only a few other people in that circle. I don't know that like fit in. No, I guess that I mean, I guess it's not crazy. But like, so Prince Charles is 12 years older than George Clooney. Right. But like in spirit, I feel like he's a century <laughs> he's like older. Years older than him. I guess maybe the takeaway here is that George Clooney seems a lot younger than fifty-seven. True, true enough. Um, I wanted to add this little detail from People I saw. George Clooney hopped behind the bar and was mixing drinks for guests. Which, first of all, when is George Clooney not behind the bar? I feel like 
He eats breakfast behind the bar at, at all times. Oh, God. And Casamigos, I'm sure, was being served left and right. Yes. Um, also, the Cloonies had personally invited Megan and Harry to their home at the beginning of the summer with an open invitation. This is a report from us. George and Amal were so happy to host Megan and Harry. Harry and George have a special bond and friendship. I guess I find it interesting that we didn't really hear much tweet or Instagram uh, to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think we, like, I don't really remember them being friends before the Royal wedding. Like, I feel like there's some, there's some actors like Tom Hardy, Idris Elba, right. um, that you kind of like have, we've seen pictures of Harry with them. We know their buddies, but like Harry and George, this is new, it seemed to me. Right. Well, maybe Megan's kind of like ushering him towards more family-friendly celebrity yes. friends. Does that make sense? Yes. I feel like Megan is really good, as we know from her past as well. The kind of networking she did in Toronto. She kind of had all these high-profile friends, even like the Jessica Mulroney relationship. I mean, the way she met Harry was through her like amazing networking. So like, I feel, I feel like if anyone is going to be good at being like, I'm in this position, like, come on, Harry, we're going to a mall in Georgia's, whereas maybe Harry on his own wouldn't have taken them up on this summer offer. I feel like she would be like, we're going like we're and like, she's texting a mall. She's solidifying this whole thing. I just, I love imagining those two at, at the Clooney estate. What else do you think they did while there? I don't. I mean, it's so, so this thing says that the Clooney's also reportedly held a dinner party to celebrate their guests on Saturday evening. Like, I kind of was confused. Like, isn't every dinner a dinner party with their guests on, like, at, at that estate? Well, because I was wondering if they, like, had some sort of um, yacht outing. I always imagine them out on the water, kind of, when it's a George and Amal thing. But how, I, I guess I'm always fixating on this. Like, I feel like when, like, Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler recently visited... George and Amal, we saw so many photos taken of like, do you remember those photos? It was like Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler were like getting off these boats and like, I guess they were all visiting George and Amal a few weeks ago. Also a weird pairing. But they, I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like it's, if they go out of the compound, wouldn't they be photographed? Right, right. I don't know. They must just be so good at having these protection officers or I don't know what. It must be very, very, very secluded. Because we, we haven't really ever seen many photos of Ellen Alexander either, right? It's true. Do you think George offered any insight or advice regarding Tom and Samantha? Thomas Markle. I know. I was wondering that. I could see George just saying, like, like n- not joking, but maybe just sort of riffing on it. Like, you know... I feel like he does, I feel like he lets things kind of just roll off him. All right, I can see that. So I feel too. like his adv- I feel like his advice might be a little bit like have some like like don't take it too. I don't know though. It's pretty like dire. I know. Well, Amal is a lawyer. Maybe she was offering them some sort of ooh. What if Amal counsel? takes the case up? <laughs> I would love that. Like Amal found some legal loophole to like like figure out a way to like prohibit Samantha from appearing on Celebrity Big Brother. I could totally see them having like some sort of like legal convo where like a mall really like spells it out. I would love that. I wish there was a way to like, I don't know. I want to like see what a mall and Megan's dynamic is. Um, this is also interesting timing because there was that page six report last week about Angelina's like reported jealousy about a mall. Did you see that? No. And like how malls become the preeminent like 
humanitarian sort of like worldly figure in the like world of celebrity and entertainment. Angie has been trotting those kids out for a lot of photo ops lately. So this mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. This all lines up for me. Which is all to say, I wonder how Angelina feels about this kind of group vacay. Also, Kate and William, I feel like never take fun kind of vacations like this. Megan and Harry have it better, I feel like. Because they can kind of do the lo- the the one level more fun stuff that I feel like Kate and William, because they're directly in line and have three kids and it's just like a little different, can't do. Right. William could never take up George Clooney on that open invitation. Where's our open invite? I know. Well, let's transition to something far less glam. Um, But, you know, depends, I guess, on your view, which is the VMAs. VMAs, Monday night. What did you wear? I kind of went a little bit wild. I wore like a blue checkered button down thing. And then actually the same suit that I wore to Gwetta's house. My lucky go-to now, this gray suit that I've been trotting out. And then I found myself sitting in the same row as Nev Shulman from Catfish, the host. So you were with like the MTV celebrities. I was with the MTV celebrities, a teen mom couple that I cannot say I recognize, but if anyone knows Tyler from Teen Mom, he was in our row. There were these three girls in front of us, very lovely gals who are all about to star on a new MTV show called Pretty Little Mamas, which is they build themselves <laughs> They build themselves as like a younger Real Housewives. They're all probably in their like 20s or 30s, but they all are mothers. And they, I guess, kind of are going to get up to all sorts of drama and shenanigans. They said it's like high drama. Josh, this is incredible. Is this just information you gleaned from talking to them? Yeah, there was some feud. I should have been paying more attention to this and to the VMAs probably. But there was, so there was a rapper sitting near us. And my friend who I was sitting next to knew her quite well. Her name is Asian Doll. She signed with Gucci Mane. She was awesome. She was like telling us about different like artists that I didn't even know that much about that were performing. It was great. And then she was kind of sitting next to one of these like MTV stars. We couldn't figure out who she was. But then halfway through the show, she had this girl next to Asian Doll had to switch seats with someone else like someone in the row in front of us because there was like too much drama and like th- like I think the people in front of us couldn't be sitting next to each other like I don't know what was going on oh my god forget George Amal Harry and Megan this is like the fantasy fiction I needed I can't picture you making small talk with the big little mamas in this like <laughs> pretty, rapper pretty, feud pretty, we should say pretty little mama oh um, <laughs> I love Big Little Mamas, like the Big Little Lies mashup with the Pretty Little Mamas. And then like a few rows in front of us were the Hills cast, because the Hills cast was re, re um is reuniting, I guess, next year, they've announced. So it was like Audrina. Audrina was having a great time. Heidi and Spencer had their little son with them, Gunner. Is it a child-appropriate show? Because that kid was very young. I was shocked that there were two children present, because DJ Khaled's son was in like the third row and like had those big headphones on but still and then Gunner was in you know whatever was the row with Heidi and Spencer but like I can't really imagine this is fun for a kid or like safe for their ears and hearing I don't know can you imagine being DJ Khaled's son I mean 
at the Beyonce Jay-Z concert and he was like on stage. He's had quite the life at age two or whatever he is. So anyway, in the MTV area, the Jersey Shore cast, I, I, when I walked in to the venue, which was at Radio City Music Hall, the first person I thought was Wow up at the up at the bar with like a friend no being sort of unnoticed you should have gone up and talked to her i was about to and then this publicist i know came over to say hi so i had to talk to this publicist meanwhile just like looking at j-lo like yearning like my green light and i felt like i couldn't i by the time i was done talking to the publicist Jay Wow is gone, but I love Jay Wow. I really wanted to oh talk to her. Oh my god, I'm posting this misconnection on Craigslist the second we finish recording. Snooki was also present. The situation was walking around. I guess, like, you know, the MTV stars really get to have the red carpet rolled out for them at this event, which makes sense. It was interesting. It was also interesting to me to see the main the main sort of like stage was sort of had like this three rows in front of it where like the i guess most high profile celebrities were sitting then there was like a strip kind of where it was like a a walkway where kind of some of the performances happened and then the rows started which is where the mtv people were so like there was kind of this like all hallowed like special three rows in the front um but it was interesting to see that many of those stars Either like Kylie Jenner didn't walk in till an hour into the ceremony. Nicki Minaj came in, you know, maybe 10 minutes late. Cardi B started the show, but then didn't come in until 30 minutes. And then a lot of them kept like during commercial breaks, leaving, changing, coming back. There was a lot of like chaos. It wasn't like, um, like we've both been to like the Emmys or the Grammys or shows like that. This one was much more of a like open seating plan situation. Like I just feel like people were coming in and out. Like even during performances, sometimes people would be leaving and coming back. It was like a very different energy, which was interesting. Did you have eyes on Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson? Yes, sort of. So I I quickly saw Pete because of his like platinum blonde shaved head. And I could see him and Ari, but I had sort of a, a, I had the angle where I couldn't really see their facial expressions. I could only see them from behind. So I don't have a lot to report about like body language per se, but I will say that they were like, you could see them being very touchy. Like he had his arm around her. He's very tall. I would say what I thought was interesting, and I always think this is funny when it's like a plus one in this case, she had to go get ready for a performance. So Scooter Braun was on the other side of Pete um she went back to get ready for performance after not that long maybe like 20 minutes 30 minutes um and then at that point frankie grande ariana's brother who was sort of near where i was sitting got moved up i don't really know the logistics of how that happened so instead of having like a seat filler next to pete frankie grande jumped up a bunch of rows he sat next to pete and then frankie became the like by far most animated person in that area like when the backstreet boys came out to present frankie like jumped up and started like shouting and cheering and like jumping up and down and then like when ariana was performing pete and frankie were obviously like standing and going crazy so frankie kind of like moved in to take ariana's seat next to pete and then pete did like pete made his rounds a little bit like he went over to say hi to tiffany haddish during one commercial break and they were like chatting. I saw him going up to like a few of the different like artists around. Um, so I felt like they were like the Beyonce and Jay Z of the night a little bit, which is crazy. Like Ari, 
like Ariana and Pete because like I just feel like the focus was sort of on them and it felt like I didn't get to see the telecast but I heard that they just like cut to them over and over because I feel like they didn't have a lot of star power really this year like they had in the in the audience they had Cardi B, Nikki, Ariana and Pete but like weren't that and J-Lo but like they didn't really have that many other people like seated I felt I know that's kind of crazy and Ariana's grandmother the fact that I saw Ariana Grande's grandmother in so many photos I think kind of confirms that point yeah I know I don't know what's going on because I was thinking on all the people that weren't there like you just didn't have Lady Gaga Katy Perry Rihanna Beyonce Miley Cyrus Adele, Justin Bieber, Drake, like none of these people go anymore. And I don't know if it's because it's just like, remember when the VMAs was like truly the biggest pop cultural night of the year? Right. It was an event. Now, not so much. On a Monday night this year instead of a Sunday. Maybe that was to blame also the scheduling. Who was the most random person you saw there? So, well, a lot of the MTV stars were kind of funny to see. Noah Cyrus, Miley's younger sister, was seated near me. And she has this new boyfriend uh, and they were like very touchy feely. And then at one point she kind of was like wandering around with popcorn and she handed it to this like random guy. She said, who wants it? And handed it to the guy seated near me. Um, So I would say Noah Cyrus was pretty weird and random. Oh, J-Lo and the kids and A-Rod walked by my aisle to get to their seats. And they, have you seen J-Lo in person? No. she like they glow they just are like it's crazy all of them the whole family it's like they're made of titanium like they just like are so that was like to me the real sign of like j-lo's star power it was like a like a different level you know right (laughs) you know who else was random you know the director francis lawrence yeah didn't he do like one of the hunger Hunger Games, games or red sparrow right um, he was there because I guess he like directed J- some of J Lo's music videos. So, so when, when J Lo got her like Video Vanguard award, she shouted him out, and he like stood up a few rows like in front of me. I mean, God knows I would go anywhere J Lo invited me. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. Interesting to see. I never really pay that much attention to teleprompter stuff, but like you heard, like you know Madonna's crazy thing for Aretha Franklin. Right she like was reading off a teleprompter and so was JLo for her video Vanguard speech. Oh really? That's a little disappointing to hear. And I guess I only was surprised. I mean, it makes sense. You would pre-write a speech, but it's weird. I feel like Madonna's especially seemed so off the cuff that I was like, just kind of surprised. Right. Was there a kind of confusion in the audience in the room when she spoke? Yes. I would say, Also, just to give you a sense of the vibe, like a lot of people had left by that point. Oh, that's so dark. Like it kind of didn't feel like I've never really been to an awards show where it felt like like the MTV stars were leaving left and right in the last half hour. Oh my gosh. Even the pretty little mamas or did they stay till the end? they they (laughs) stayed till the end. They took a long break to go get drinks though. Um, I'd say they were gone for a good 45 minutes in the middle. Um, but, but by the end, it was kind of just like anything goes. Like they were shuttling people up to our aisles, I feel like, to make it seem like there were just people seated everywhere. And then, so I kind of feel like there was a little bit of just manic energy that like the show was winding down. But then I do feel like no one had any clue where Madonna was going with her speech. It was sort of like meandering, obviously. And it just like was so unclear how it contributed to Aretha's like tribute, if at all. So it was it was a little 
definitely confusing. Did you go to any parties after? I stopped by an after party. I did not have much stamina. I I saw it was Travis Scott's after party. Whoa. So Kylie Jenner was there. Kylie was hidden. I tried to crane to see her and I'm a tall person. Barely could get a glimpse. Saw her walking in. She did an outfit change. Um, Cardi B apparently came for 15 minutes with Offset. I did not see them. Um, and I left and my friend later texted me that I miss g Easy and Halsey like making out. So I felt okay about having left early if that's all I missed. There was cotton. It was a carnival theme. It was like popcorn, cotton candy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I feel like doing those parties with you is always fun, but sometimes they can be kind of like, this one was intense. Like you kind of had to like squeeze your way through people to get anywhere. That kind of vibe. Right. Wow. I wonder why Kylie was hiding. I guess she's just really wants to be off in her area. I read some like, E right up after that said she like didn't move from her little like private VIP area the whole party so didn't want to be bothered. Wow. Um, let's get to voicemails though. Yes. We are going to share a few. Let's start with our first one, which is from Caitlin from Philadelphia. Hi guys. I kind of can't believe that I'm calling into a podcast. Um, but here I am calling into your podcast. I really just wanted to give my opinion on Thomas Markle apparently not going to Megan's first wedding and not really providing an excuse for that. Like, okay, buddy, you didn't go to the first one and now you want to like weirdly be all up in the Queen's business. Um, you're very offended you haven't met the queen and that you couldn't be part of history. Like, is the guy just a narcissist? All he cares about is himself. So, anyway, I just wanted to sound off on this little tidbit that came out this week. I hope you guys are enjoying your time off and this week off. Um, all right, signing off. Caitlin from Philadelphia. No bad energy. So that's an amazing first voicemail to start with. I love it. Really incredible voicemail. And I'm glad I'm glad she brought up uh, the whole business about Tom Markle allegedly not going to Megan's first wedding. And I also feel that that's a great point that I feel like I've seen in some of the write-ups but hasn't gotten tons of coverage, which is that he's really acting as like he's playing up this victim narrative with this whole thing. But we really have no idea what his dynamic ever has been with Megan and clearly if he wasn't at the first wedding right it wasn't you know it, it just it, it adds this whole layer to me of like phoniness to the whole thing but also Caitlin I really think the palace PR team needs you in their department because if if I were the palace and I had this intel I would have leaked it to people or something us weekly months ago just to kind of set that baseline for people so they understood I feel, like Ma- I feel like Megan needs to do some of those like call, she, I mean, call us Megan like well because I feel like she needs to do it doesn't even have to be like an on the record interview but she should do like a someone familiar with the situation set up or something exactly like I just feel like she needs to get her narrative out there I thought one daily mail write up a few weeks ago that was sort of trying to do that maybe and 
someone at someone one of our the other vf writers was mentioning that maybe they thought that that was like megan calling the daily mail but i feel like she wouldn't go to the daily mail to do this dirty work she absolutely would not and why isn't her friend her friend group kind of leaking maybe they've mm-hmm. just really been told not to and been respectful of megan's wishes all right should we move on to the next right i know move on to the next caller let's take a listen hi this is katie i listen to your podcast uh, weekly it's Fantastic. Um, I listened to your podcast last week and I noticed uh, you were talking about Meghan Markle's birthday and her, uh, she shares the same birthday with the Queen's mother. And um, I thought that was an interesting thing. Note that she, um, her, that Meghan Markle and the Queen's and the Queen mother have the same um, birthday. So it's a special day. All right. Well, um, I don't mind if I'm on the next podcast and I might call back if I find more information. Thanks so much and keep, uh, keep it up. Okay. Bye-bye. So the Queen's mother and Meghan have the same birthday. That is interesting. I didn't know that. Charles was very close to his grandmother. Um, So maybe Mm. that explains, maybe it has something to do with the astrological signs, why Charles and Meghan get along so well. Um, Also, there was a report today that Charles and Camilla actually took Meghan and Harry to the Queen Mom's home, the Castle of May, um, for a little retreat. But I think that's interesting because I do feel like Camilla and Megan have been sort of like photographed a lot, sort of like laughing. There's been a lot of kind of like speculation about how tight they might be. And I feel like Camilla and Charles are really taking like Harry and Megan under their wing. Right. So I guess it happened sometime earlier this month. Harper's Bazaar said uh, the couple quietly jetted off to Scotland with Charles and Camilla. The visit happened the day after their visit to the polo match on July 26th. They stayed for five days and it was Prince Charles hosting them. It was Meghan and Harry's first time visiting the site together. During the days, they took long hikes along the coast and the evenings were spent at the castle where a fleet of staff catered to their every whim. They will have no doubt enjoyed some wine from the castle's very extensive collection. I just love the idea of Harry and Meghan kind of contrasting their like fun loose weekend with George Clooney with this stayed visit to the Queen Mom's castle with Charles. So this next one's from Denise from Bellingham, Washington. Hey, I just adore you guys so much. I look forward to your show every week. I am such a royally obsessed person. But anyways, I wanted to know if you guys heard... There's another podcast that I listen to once in a while. Uh, it's called Naughty But Nice by Rob Shooter. And he said on his last show that he heard directly from a source, I think in the palace, but I'm not sure, um, that that Vogue shoot for Beyonce was actually given to Meghan Markle first. She was first in line for it. Anne said no, and that Beyonce was second in line for it. I don't know if you've heard any of this, if this is true or false, but what I'm wanting to know is your opinion on that. I feel like Megan was probably really disappointed that she couldn't be on the cover of Vogue. Don't you think she would be disappointed? And also, I'm wondering what's it going to take for her to be on a cover and be interviewed again, and if it's allowed, and if you guys know anything about that, I know that Kate once was on British Vogue. Maybe it will be British Vogue that she's on. But I would have loved to seen her also on the cover as much as I love Beyonce so much. 
Um, let me know what your thoughts are. Do you think she'll ever be on the cover again? All right. Thanks, you guys. Love you so much. Bye. So, yeah, this is an interesting. I had seen this theory, actually, that Megan had been in line to have the Vogue September issue cover. I don't know. It was shot down in the report. Julie, do you feel like there's any... I feel like Megan can't do that yet. But I also there was also the report that the Emmys reached out to her asking her to present a very special award. She didn't even have to show up to the ceremony. She could just do it um, via teleconference or something. And she said, no, I can totally see her. Like she's, allow- she's allowed, right? Like Eugenie and Beatrice just did a British Vogue thing. Right. Maybe because there was such Megan mania, the palace wants to kind of keep her you know, a little bit under wraps a bit more. But I kind of bought this theory. I loved the theory that they went out to Megan first. Although, right, I I don't think Josh and I can imagine a world in which Megan was offered the cover of September Vogue and said no. No. Like, I feel like she would have, you know, ruined whoever she had to to get, book that cover. I also feel like we just want her to only do VF. Right. Covers. So it's like, come do us again. All right, let's listen to our last one for this week. This has been so fun to listen to these. Uh, this is from Alexis. Hi, Julie and Josh. This is Alexis. And I think I have finally met my match when it comes to my royal obsession um, with you guys. I love listening to your podcast. You make me laugh out loud. And I think your royal commentary is so spot on. Um, I guess all the Daily Mail articles I've read about the royal family for years, you know, make me a royal expert. But anyway, I had to call because I was watching Entertainment Tonight the other night while I was making dinner for my family. And I saw an interview that Piers Morgan did completely slamming Meghan Markle, which I think is just insane because I thought that he and Meghan were pretty close friends before he started dating, before she started dating Harry. And also he wrote this big article on Daily Mail about how fabulous she is and how the royal family is so lucky to have her. And then he's on here, um, you know, saying that she's a disgrace for not calling her father and um, that basically she's treating her father how she's treated a lot of other people in her life and how she basically ditches people that she loves. And so I found it really interesting that he's totally turned on her after, you know, being completely enamored with her. So I thought that was interesting and it would be an interesting topic for you guys to talk about, um, you know, whether Piers is totally, um, you know, jealous that Megan dropped him after she started dating Harry. Maybe, you know, she didn't return his calls and he's mad. Or is Piers just trying to get ratings? And then what is he talking about with her ditching, you know, her ex-husband and her friends? You know, what does he know that he's not saying? But he's just turned really, really mean. So harsh. But anyway, thank you. Love listening to you guys. Um, I need to, you know, fly up to New York and join you guys for a podcast because I could talk about the royal family 24-7. But 
love the podcast and thanks. Bye. This is an interesting point. Piers Morgan definitely was talking a lot about his closeness with Megan at the beginning. So I do agree something is up because I did also think it was weird. This is a good point because I did think it was interesting that he was defending Thomas or not defending Thomas, but like somehow coming after Megan because I felt like that was a reversal. And I'm a little surprised he would shift that way, but he also strikes me as the kind of person that would just sort of... Go where the wind blows and where the stories are, the leads are. Also, do we think he was a little bit miffed he wasn't invited to the royal wedding? wedding. Was Mm -hmm. he expecting that invite? But um, I know it's weird that I feel like no one in the media has really wanted to align themselves with Tom or Samantha, but he is the only one. I guess he's just banking on their exclusives. It's, It's not the most tasteful maneuver no i think that's a good call and actually it is kind of funny he wasn't invited to the royal wedding i bet that is i bet that's the crux of exactly what's going on all right well thank you guys so much for calling in these have been so fun and keep doing it uh we will want to hear more thoughts about all megan related all other topics let us know what you're interested in Thank you guys for listening and please remember to uh, also check us out on apple podcast rate review etc We really appreciate it. And now you can reach out to us and leave us a voicemail. Uh, The number is 347-790-0966. If you have heard any information, seen Meghan Markle out in the wild, uh, feel free to reach out to us. You can also contact us via Twitter at In the Limelight or follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. I'm at Jay Duboff. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Danielle Roth. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no no bad bad energy. energy.